Aussie music is something to be proud of. Wear it like a badge. Because it's Australian bands and artists that are the influencers of so many other musicians the world over. So at Triple M, we're proud to be able to showcase the power of the Aussie music scene. Paying both homage to the greats that have stood the test of time, right alongside the current, the emerging, the future influencers. The ones that will be next to make their mark on the global music scene. If it's Aussie and it rocks, it's right here. This is Triple M's Homegrown with Matty O. Yes, right around the country on the Triple M Network. That's 52 stations and on the brand new Listener app. This is exciting because we get to reconnect with a band, but well, one of the most hardest working in the country. Six albums, sold out shows. They played all the big Aussie festivals, of course. They won Arias, Air Awards. But it's writing songs and connecting with fans over the, over the whole world over the last 15 years that has really caught the attention of so many. And worth mentioning that Simon was actually one of the first interviews we ever did on this show. Of course, we're talking about... ZZ Death Race. <laughs> How's it going, man? Oh, nothing now. <laughs> Keep going. I'm such a dream. And we got a brand new album. Loving what we've heard so far. From Brisbane and the Blue Mountains, I welcome Shane and Simo from uh, DZ Death Rays. Welcome, guys. It's good to have you here. Congrats on the brand new album. Thanks very much, man. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for having us. Hey, uh, we were just quickly chatting before off camera. Can you tell us about your uh, album launch party? Because uh, that's a fun day, right, when the album comes out. But to mix it with like your own show and do things like that too makes it that much more special, right? Oh, totally, man. Yeah, we just wanted to do something kind of different to what we've done in the last few records. And we wanted to do something a little bit more like what we where we started, and we, so we decided to do a little, one show in Sydney, yeah. little floor show, um, free <laughs> yeah. entry, and just nice. it was like a more like a house, like a house party. It was really good. Yeah, nice. How was the uh, the head the next day? We also dropped a tequila that day, <laughs> so that was really fun. Just to, just to really throw some fire, some petrol on the fire, you know. <laughs> uh, and also, we've got a lot of people uh, rave reviews who saw you perform with this band. <laughs> Gurge are celebrating 25 years of unit. Uh, they must have been some fun shows to play as well. A huge lineup as well. Some other bands. Is- Man, so good. We were so stoked to get asked to do that tour, um, especially after not touring for two years, really, yeah, and then yeah, to yeah. get offered that and get up on some big stages. But yeah, it's it it just crazy to like, see how awesome like they did on all those shows and how many tickets they're still selling. And everyone was so keen. And yeah, the show was great. Everyone was so nice. It was a very easy tour for us. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's, it's cool when um, I think bands tour to celebrate an iconic album because you really get, you know, music fans that come out of the woodwork for it. Like, did, were you kind of watching how much, you know, that album meant to people? You know, you could see it in the, play, in the crowd when they were playing it from start to finish. Absolutely. Yeah. You could see it, like, you could see that there was, like, a huge range of people that were there as well, which yeah. is, I think, interesting. Yeah. Um, and I think also having you know, Custard and Butterfingers on there too. Yeah. Really sort of sealed the deal for people. There's, I forgot how many amazing tunes Butterfingers have from over yeah, the years. Totally. Well, uh, let's talk album, lads. Uh, when did the writing, recording, when when did this all start? Take us right back to the start of Riff. Uh, well, it all started 2020, I want to say. Yeah. It's when we first started writing and recording. You know, we're all locked away from each other for 11 months and I was in Sydney and our producer, Nathan, I was mates with him here and, we sort of just started hanging out and he was like, 
you want to come down to the studio and just start, I don't know, making tunes? And nice. I was like, yeah, right. And then that's how it sort of started. It was really like quite organic and casual. And then after a while, we had a couple of tra- tracks down and I was like, should we just do an album? We've got a bunch <laughs> yeah. of other demos ready to uh, go. And then we went down that path and then, you know, two years later, <laughs> we finally had it done and then it's a whole nother year later till it actually comes out pretty much yeah. so yeah it's a long road putting a record out mm. and uh th- you did this one a bit differently as well recording it across multiple studios as opposed to just being in the one and knocking it all out at once totally yeah it was um so where did we go you recorded in brisbane um yeah i did some drums in plutonium and then eventually when the borders opened i got to come down and do some stuff in golden retriever and uh love oh, hurts nice. that was like the main mm. studio i think like uh nath's room yeah but yeah no I was doing stuff at, at um, Love Hurts, which is now gone RIP, got bulldozed for some apartments, Bugger. which is a, a classic, classic Bugger. Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a lot of stuff was done at home as well. You know, we're sort of we're piecing bits and pieces together at home. A lot of guitars and things were done at home and mm. some vocal parts. And there's bits and pieces, you know, we just blow vocal samples on there with like Lockie's um, partner. I was like, can you get Eileen to just do oi oi you're paranoid and so he just got his phone he's like can you yell that and she so she and that's what we used you know <laughs> yeah. and it was, it was just using whatever we could to sort of piece together the record we didn't think that you know everything had to be recorded amazingly through in a studio we just like if it sounds good just use it and we nice. just went with it do you think this will be the way that you guys record albums moving forward now that you know you kind of you're getting used to doing it this way i think i mean <laughs> i'm i'm all about it the, the sort of so there's a beauty that you get with um recording stuff at home and some of the de- stuff you get in a demo and if it's good enough quality like it's it, you know there's a magic that's in it sometimes yeah um that you can't re- you can't recreate it absolutely do you need when you're recording an album like that when it's kind of you're in different studios you're in different uh you know parts of australia how do you know when an album's done because normally i feel like when a band's in a studio and you've done all the parts together you get a feel for when it's kind of coming to the end but i suppose doing it remotely there's always something to send there's always something to kind of work on yeah, I think that was kind of yeah. the hardest part for us on this one. Basically, I had to wait until it looked like we could go back to doing shows. I think when it started to look like we could do that again, then yeah. we were like, oh, we should, we nearly need to do something. Yeah, finish it up. I think the last, the last sort of six months of recording of this, I was going in maybe one, one day a week and just doing a day, touching up vocals and like figuring out some little bits and pieces of guitar. Yeah. And, oh, we need to redo that one bit. Oh, let's rearrange that thing. And, but it was very much like sometimes it could be seen as busy work and we were just sort of yeah. going in there and mucking around. And sometimes something amazing would happen. A lot of time we just do something like, nah, let's just go back to what it was. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We did have to give ourselves a deadline though. We had to. We got to that point. Man, I was looking at your uh, touring schedule and you guys have been so busy just before the kind of, you know, COVID break happened. Is that kind of a blessing and a, and a curse at the same time? Is it good to have some, you know, kind of you time just to chill and be at home for a while, you know, kind of get your body back on track, no early checkouts or anything like that? Nah. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, we got really used to touring, you know, that was kind yeah. of just what we did. Uh, I think at the first six months when you're on the job, whatever it was, you know, where they supplement your pay. Yeah. It was nice to have like a few months of like guilt-free, not being able to do anything. But yeah. then, uh, yeah, it quickly winds up. <laughs> yeah. 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 It got pretty, it got pretty boring and sad after a while. I think the initial excitement wore off and everyone was like, oh, this is actually just grueling. Yeah. Um, and we just, yeah, we wanted to, to go back to it. But obviously, it t- takes a bit of time, but yeah. things are in full swing Absolutely. again. Absolutely. What was your first show out of lockdown? That must have been almost a euphoric feeling. Do you remember where it was? Ooh, we did a sit-down show uh, that oh, in, yeah. Bar- in Byron Bay, which was, was pretty pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we're not really a sit-down someone, kind of band. Someone okay. ran on stage, like, 
And then we all kind of just stood around because we didn't know what to do. Oh. So security then came up and was like, okay. And then it was just, yeah, it was real weird. Usually, <laughs> yeah. you know. And then we did the next night in Gold Coast and it was crazy. Oh. And it was crowd surfing. And people nice. were jumping off stage and we're like, yeah, that's right. That's how we do this again. Yeah, nice. But yeah, I hope we don't have to do any more sit downs. That was bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love how you've got kind of, you know, te- you've teased us with new music from this record over the last, kind of last few months. Uh, it must be fun to kind of play these shows that you've got coming up. And I guess, you know, people are going to be pretty familiar with those songs already. Was that like a pretty conscious thing for you guys to do? Like sometimes a band release one single, two single, that's it. But I feel like, you know, you guys have been playing, some, you know, been following in the socials and getting a feel for what it's like before it comes out. I think, I think that's kind of the way of the world for releasing music these days. You know, back when we first started, it was put a single out and then a second single with the record. And then you do a third and fourth single when the record's out to kind of push CD sales. Yeah. Well, that kind of, that's all gone out the window. So now you're just looking for those pre-orders, people to buy the vinyl, and then you want to get the st- people streaming it from the first, like from day dot. So yeah. all those, you know, early streams all matter. So yeah, the game we've, you know, when we first started, we we're a MySpace band. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we remember how kind of it wasn't. It's it's really changed um, mm. in that time, and we've sort of watched it change as well. Do you remember what bands were in your top eight friends? Oh, I reckon. The Bronx would have been in there. Nice. Uh, Death from Above was definitely uh, in there. Crystal Castles were in there. Nice. And they saw it and then they took us on our first oh. uh, national tour. Yeah. Dude. Mm. Tell us Which about, was pretty. Tell us about that. How did that kind of happen? <laughs> um, we were in Brisbane and we went and watched a band called Wow. Yep. Uh, and Spod. I don't know if you know Spod. Yeah, I remember Spod, um, of course. Spod was on that show. I think we actually saw, we were going to see spot and wow was supports and um brie carter she played in wow and she was actually a booking agent and we got talking with her and she's like oh i'll put your name down for this tour that's coming up yeah and she put out well i, I don't think she even told us she just said i put your name down and they went through everyone in the in the, in the list and then they got to your you you guys were at the, at the bottom but they saw, saw that you had them in their in your oh, top eight no friends way. or whatever <laughs> and it sort of sealed the deal so we went from playing you know, like a max show of like 80 people, 100 people in Brisbane yeah. to like a 1,000 people in Perth. <laughs> That's a We'd never been story. to before. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was good. Um, who's coming with you? Who's playing with you guys on this tour that you got coming up? Tell us a bit about it. Uh, so we got Press Club and we've got Dust. Nice, We're man. going to be all the supports. So that's going to be great. Press Club, just they always bring it. When, yeah. Last time we did some shows with them was over in Europe and uh, – we did a show with them in Copenhagen. Nice. And um, Nat had like her leg in like a moon boot. Oh, really? And then we saw them a few weeks later in Hamburg and they were like, oh, we had to cancel the tour because she just got it like uh, x-rayed and apparently there's bits of bone floating around in oh. there and she still didn't go on ham. Oh, my God. So, like they just, they always bring it. Yeah. So yeah. It's just such an awesome band. And then Dust uh, just crushing it at the moment big up and comers absolutely i think it's gonna be rad to see them man how important is it for you guys to take you know bands that are kind of up and coming and you know get them on the big stage and kind of give them give them that experience that you guys had coming up it's really important i think i think yeah you just gotta pass pass it on you know yeah we got ours yeah and we get we get sent a lot of like music from bands and we always try and listen to every band that people send us and you know give them the time of day and and always add them into the mix of, of bands that are potential to support. And obviously there's so many out there and sometimes you kind of 
it's like a friend's band or something, you know, like a someone else is like, oh, this is my new band. Do you want to see about getting yeah. them on? And yeah, you kind of just, but it is, it is, it's really good. I mean, I hardly get to go out to shows anymore compared yeah. to when I was exactly. in my early 20s. So <laughs> it's good It's good when people send me music because I'm, I'm not discovering as much as I was yeah. back in the day. Awesome. Well, so, that, yeah, it's nice. Well, that's a perfect segue into the game I'm going to play with you, lads, because this is called... I took a walk down memory lane. So this game's called Memory Lane. And so what I've done is I've plucked random gigs from your gig history to see what you remember about it. So it could be anything from... doesn't need to be the actual gig. It could be like a car trip. It could be the dodgy hotel you stayed at. It could be getting a meal, anything like that. So I'm going to take you back to a year time and a place and i want you to tell me what you remember so now we're going back mm. to 2010 now now these aren't always accurate right so they're, they're some of them not might not be right but i think they would be spot on so we're going to march 16 2010 in adelaide you played with calling all cars and Can't get started. Chemical uh grinspoon at hq do you remember that gig yeah yeah i, I do talk us through it take us take us back in time <laughs> <laughs> what I remember, I remember going to HQ. Um, I'd never been there before, and it was a really round room <laughs> with a car park out the back, and they made you pay for every cable that you wanted to hire. What that you wanted to use? Did they? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I remember. <laughs> I might be, I might be making that up, but yeah, I'm sure there's someone's going to be out there going, "What? We never did that." Like, nah. I'm pretty sure someone said that if you want to hire cables, you got to pay for them. Do you remember Simon? Yeah, remember. Anything with that geek? I just remember. I think the green rooms you had to go up around behind the stage yep. and it was just so subby up there yeah. that everything would rattle. It seemed like the it seems like a really weird venue for a rock gig, doesn't it? It was so clubby. Like it's <laughs> yeah. such a nightclub vibe at that place. Mm. All right, let's go one year later. You played the Great Escape Festival and this is crazy because you know who else played? The one and only uh, this man right here. Go One only Ed Sheeran played that. Foster the People 2, uh, Group Love, Young wow. and Giant. Yeah, Little Dragon, The Vaccines. Uh, huge lineup that year at the Great Escape Festival. Can you explain to people who don't know anything about the festival what it is and kind of what it's like to experience? Yeah, it's like a it's like the South by Southwest for the for the UK and, and Europe, um, based in Brighton. Mm. Um, you know, down near London. And, you know, it's a beautiful seaside town where there's yeah, good parties and gigs ev- everywhere. There's lots of lot lots of little like tiny streets with venues and stuff everywhere yeah um yeah so i think it goes over about four days mm. and everyone just gets around and drinks pints and plays shows <laughs> do you remember how your set was i think we played a couple of shows but yeah. i do remember and the only reason i remember is because there's a youtube video but there's a video we played i don't know what the venue was but it was like a fairly decent sized venue maybe it was and it was an aussie barbecue gig nice yeah i remember jumping into the crowd there hey. uh yeah which was Kind of one of my tricks back in the day when I was a bit more limber. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Party trick that stays inside when you get a bit older, hey? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go. Uh, I just, every time yeah. we do a Brighton, man, I just remember we had, because you get such big jackets, we would always just have little flasks of whiskey on us at all times. <laughs> all <laughs> time. No one could tell. <laughs> it's um, great. Let's and go. for some reason, we called them Van Dams. <laughs> What's the backstory? Do you remember? Because no, no. <laughs> it kicks your ass, I don't know. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, this looked like a lot of fun. Uh, 2013, uh, you did Groove in the Moon with these guys. We had Tame, we had the Kooks, we had Flume, we had the Temper Trap. 
Amity Affection as well. Uh, Regurgitator, they're on that too. Uh, Groove in the Moo, 2013. Any memories from that? We DJ. Is that the one we were on tour with the Bronx? Yeah, we were DJing. Oh, you were DJing that first of all. That's fun. We DJed. Yeah. We, so we, were, doing, we wore, wore wigs. We were touring with the Bronx and then on the side and then doing the DJ set in between, like before and after their set. No way. And I remember one night we had a huge night after a Melbourne show at a Cherry. Yeah. And then the next day was grooving and Shane and I are standing there with your big hair with like wigs on, just DJing, like, and then having to watch Jorma from the Bronx just being like violently ill on stage from oh. being so hungover from the night before. Yeah. We had it so easy on that tour. It was amazing. I was going to say, <laughs> what's it like kind of taking around no gear? You just kind of walk up with a USB. It was the best. Yeah. It was the best. It's <laughs> also dangerous. I'm pretty sure that in um, Perth, the, the festival took our rider off us. Oh, really? Because <laughs> we just had nothing to do. So they're like, you know, I'm going back. It's like, hey, where did all our drinks go? Like, oh, they must have taken them for a reason. Do you remember what time well, you I don't were remember on? that bit, but yeah. <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember what time you were on? Because that would have been fun, man. It's early afternoon, something oh. like two or three. Yeah, yeah. Cool, dangerous. Awesome. Yeah, it was dangerous. Let's uh, let's head overseas to Blues Fest in Ottawa, 2016. We had the Chili's. Uh, we had Nelly, which is pretty rocking. Also, Billy Idol. Bit of a uh, huge lineup here. Was this one of your first kind of big kind of tours overseas? No, but it was like a big festival for us. Yeah, there, which yeah, is cool. I think we saw Ice Cube in the rain. Nice. Tell me about. That tell me awesome. everything about that. Oh, we were I could tell that, that was, it was raining. Was that that one? That was. Yeah, that was, it was the, Ice Cube. No, 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 that was um, that was the other one, wasn't it? That in uh, Quebec. Oh, that was Quebec City. Oh, Ottawa was yeah. the one. That's right. When you go on stage, and there'd be like, man. Oh, no, I'm thinking of the different one again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think the one in Ottawa was when we first met, like, there was, like, a, a fan of ours, like, and um, he, he's, we used to go and hang out over at his place afterwards, and, um, but, yeah, he came, just came along and was, like, come back to our house, and, I don't know, we just partied there, but I don't really remember nice. too much about the show. <laughs> oh, that's right. That was just, I think it was just a massive stage. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go uh, later on that year. I reckon you'll remember something about touring around uh, Canada and the US with these guys. Touring uh, with uh, fellow Brisbaneites, the June Rats. Uh, much memory from that tour? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, just the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you can say on radio. It is late night radio. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Well, this is a, the disaster. St- we called it the International Disaster Tour. Okay. And uh, it kicked off with our bus getting jammed between Sunset Boulevard and a side street because no. the bus driver decided to take a back street in a 40-foot bus. No way. And so it was like literally pinned between the two streets. <laughs> so we all we all got out and we were like, that's your problem now, man. And he had to wait <laughs> to get two, fork, uh, two tow trucks to like oh, really? move it. It was wild stuff, yeah. yeah. It, like the, the tow bar like cut through a manhole like cover like oh. steel it cut like cut, like flattened it oh my god <laughs> how hard it, it hit it. yeah holy hell <laughs> it's a lot of weight what were those shows uh, that was the, some of them were really good yeah some of them mm. uh pretty not so good yeah but that's kind of where like riff like the riff system like where this record's name comes from you know oh. we all end up getting like the tattoos at the end of the tour cool up in toronto Whoa, that's really fun. And it looked like it was a pretty extensive tour as well. Were you guys both just in two vans? Like, how big were your crews and stuff there? Well, we had the bus. Yeah. That was, and that was it. So and just was both vans in the bus? Yeah, and, and a little yep. bit of crew. Cool. 
Um, but yeah, it was it was it was really good. It was just it was a wild time, and we had done the UK and Europe before that. I'm pretty sure. Nice. And um, we were in a van for that, so there was oh, yeah right. nine nine people crammed into a van <laughs> on that one. Oh, bro. That was not. Uh, <laughs> that was not. And it was it was the summertime maybe as well. It was, was kind of warm. Yeah. But yeah, Ooh. so it was getting pretty hot in there. Oh my god. Stinky. Well, uh, let's go two years later, man. This would have been a really fun show at Suncorp and Brizzy. With Weezer and... That uh, would have been a lot of fun. Well, that was the second time we played with those guys. Cool, man. Talk to me. Yes. What was it like yeah. getting? What was it like uh, getting the nod? Like finding out the news that you were playing the shows because that, that's always a buzz. Yeah, it's awesome, and they're such <laughs> nice people. Yeah, get to play those stadium shows. It's like another, it's another level. You get to see like the pinnacle of rock and roll. You know where their catering room is like the size of the stages <laughs> you play over in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was sick. Yeah, they gave us like a, a box office, and we just got all our friends in there, and we were just oh. popping bottles all night. It was Whoa. great. Yeah, ex- explain the catering for uh, for people who have never experienced that before on one of those big shows. Um, well, they just have so much crew involved in putting a stadium show together that you know you got to feed like. I think there must be around like a hundred people or something involved, and so they just the catering hall for it is just massive. They just block off a huge area, have big buffets. No. Drinks, the chef. We just we spent a lot of time in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the last band. Uh, this happened, I think. Well, yeah, just just before everything kind of. Stopped. The mighty darkness. Oh yeah, that's fun. That was a good. That was a good tour. One of those tours, I think, that we kind of didn't know what to expect. Yeah, um, but I, I was a huge fan. Of the darkness, um, in high school when yeah. Permission to Land oh, came out. Oh, me too, bro. That so we, you know, so we we were super pumped on on getting on that those shows and yeah, it was a it was a pretty grueling tour. We did six weeks, I'm pretty sure five weeks. Oh, really? Um, but, but they were on a sleeper bus, so they would play, get in the bus, the bus would leave at three in the morning. They'd be at the next venue for lunchtime. Yeah, going for jogs. And like, right. you know, staying healthy and enjoying themselves. And we'd be rolling in it or after driving uh, yeah, yeah. all day. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I remember Dan from The Darkness was just like, oh, yeah, we run like 11 kilometers a day. You guys ever want to join us? It's like, <laughs> man, we're like, we're stuck in a van driving <laughs> like six, seven hours a day. Yeah. Keep up with you guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a really good tour. Got to play some amazing big rooms throughout Europe, mm. which, yeah, really lucky. Justin Hawkins seems like a really kind of fun guy to be on tour with as well. Seems really down to earth. Yeah, he's pretty quiet, to be honest. Oh, yeah. He was super quiet. Yeah, we got more. I think it was more like Dan and Rufus that we kind of hung out with, which is such a bummer. We love his show and like his YouTube yeah. stuff and everything like that. Yeah. yeah. I think he's quite intelligent. Yeah. He just ha- he has his own thing that he's just doing. But yeah, it was, I mean, everyone was, yeah, it was really, really cool tour. Sick, man. Um, with everything we've kind of gone through, you know, like um, just through COVID and being in lockdown, is this album release probably one of the more satisfying ones for you guys? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, because Positive Rising Part 2 came out during COVID. Yeah. Which was a real, it was really, really tough. Um, mm. We wanted those two records to be almost, you know, we wanted the whole plan was six months apart and they ended up being over a year yeah. apart from each other, maybe a year and a half. And it was just made it really, really tough. And it was kind of, we went to do some shows, they got cancelled or pushed back. Yeah. And they got pushed back again. And then we got COVID and then we had to push Melbourne yeah, back again. And yeah. so we were just like, let's yeah. just get this thing done and start fresh. 
Um, so this record, yeah, it feels like we're kind of almost starting again, but but not, you know. Yeah. Awesome. Mm. Uh, plans after this tour? I haven't made it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we want we, we want to go back to Europe, but nice. um, mm. it's just trying to trying to work out when to do it and yeah. how to do it and how to afford it because everything's gone up. Yeah, a lot in uh, price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but I think there's it's on the cards to do that, and maybe the states if we can do that too. Awesome, man. People are super excited. Uh, I'm going to play one more game with you guys while, while I've got you here. On Triple M's Homegrown with Matty O, it's time for... Uh-oh, it's my party again. So this is called Right Party Dinner, all right? I'm going to give you three bands. You've got to write a song with one. You've got to party with the other. The third, you've got to take home to dinner, okay? So these mm-hmm. are all picked completely at random. Your first band. Say it ain't so, I will not go. So we've got Blink, second band. Metallica, very rocky here. Oh my god! All right, so right party, <laughs> right party dinner <laughs> with Blink, Metallica, ACDC. All very much. I can imagine doing all three with all three of those bands. So take it away, maybe individually. Yeah. Shano, you're first. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably take Metallica to dinner, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then right with Blink, and yeah. then. Uh, and then go party with ACDC. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. If if they still can. <laughs> yeah, what think they, ACDC? They, no, yeah, yeah. Party we're going, right? we're going yeah. everyone in their prime. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. In their prime. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. Do you know who you got? Yeah, I would definitely do. I would do party with ACDC, but then I think I would take Blink to dinner and write with Metallica. Nice. Awesome, guys. Um, dudes, thanks so much for having a chat. Uh, it's been great to touch base again. Can't wait to see you when you're in Melbourne. Congrats on this album. It's absolutely awesome. And uh, yeah, just, yeah. Huge demand to come and see this live. So thanks so much for taking time to treat. Thank you, man. See you there. Yeah, thanks so much.